Hey, it's Skippy from Mornings with Lone Star. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Extension Hour. My name is Michael Potter. I'm the horticulture agent here for Montgomery County. I have with me today Mr. Bob Daly. Hey Mike. Good How afternoon. Doing? Doing good. Good. Staying, good. Cool. Staying cool. Staying cool because it's hot outside. Yes, it is. It's hot and dry. And dry. Yeah, we've, we were just talking about some of the, the things that are going on right now in people's yards and and talking about how dry it's been, because it is. It's dry. We haven't had a rain in a uh, week and a half, two weeks. That's right. Almost, yeah. yeah. So uh, things are starting to look a little wilted in some cases. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm seeing that all over the place, that, we're, that things are wilting. Mm-hmm. You know, even trees, we may want to look at the trees, too. Yeah. But I, I, that map that you have there is really interesting. That uh, That's the uh, the Texas drought map, and, and that kind of shows that, there is a drought moving, right? Moving east. In fact, they were showing that on the news here the night before last. They were kind of showing how it's starting to creep up and sure. And uh, you know, definitely, uh, it's you know, it's what were you saying something about every how many years? Yeah, you get? since 1983, we have had seven droughts, and not one of them had were separated by more than five years. So this time we have it's been seven years since our last drought. Yeah. So. We're probably due for another due one for pretty another soon. One. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of times our rainfall may not indicate that we've had, you know, a drought, but there are time periods in which we're a little drier. Exactly. Uh, in yeah. The, in the past several years, this time of year we were still wet. Um, oh yeah. You know, uh, this year not so much. Not so much. Yeah. I mean, I see even the native plants there need water. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of that's due to the the root systems as they form in the spring. They're just they're they're not they they don't they have water right but they're not, they don't point. expect to go down yeah, they yeah, have to go down exactly they're not expecting it we did we didn't get the rains like we typically do so needless to say when when it gets hot and dry the ground dries out quicker and those roots are in dry soil so they they sure start to show those wilting signs and stuff so I, I i was telling you i had some spots in my yard that kind of starting to look a little little wilted and i said well i better get out there and hand water those spots and just kind of give them a little drink and that's kind of what i've been doing mm-hmm. yeah and, and exceptionally with turf grasses that you know they, they in the spring is when they start rebuilding all those root systems and right and when it gets hot and dry there's not enough root system there to get down in that water so you, you start to get drought symptoms you know a little earlier and there might be some moisture down there you know six eight inches deep but sure those root systems haven't gotten there yet yeah but yeah, this this drought monitoring. I mean, I remember I've got some photos that I show in my turf class where you know this whole the whole state was red, and then the next right, month, I've seen that yeah, one. yeah, and then the next month it's like nothing. It, right, it, we're all good. We don't, you know, we're we're fine. We're out of it. But then, uh, you know, here, you know, it just indicates that yeah, we've got a drought coming. And, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's moving. It's not in Montgomery County yet, but yep. it's moving this way. Yep, it's up into Harris County, about halfway through Harris County right now, and kind of on the coast and. And of course, up in the Panhandle of Texas, you know they've they've always been kind of drought stricken up there. Right. And so yeah, it, it's moving in, and we're we're just hopefully going to make it through it without uh, without hopefully. burning things up. Right. <laughs> well, the, uh, people are having problems with their lawns right now, and it's mm-hmm. the drought and and soil compaction. I'm sure yeah. it's a result of right. Yeah. In fact, because when soils were so wet, and you know, we're sitting there mowing them, and we're trying to you know maintain them. Sure. That that wetness combined with the weight of a mower will compact those soils. Right. So, so it makes it harder for those root systems to really kind of break through and get down. So, right. Yeah. And that that's something that, yeah, we've seen. And I, I had a, you know, big old, I was moving soil around my yard and it was, unfortunately, it was wet yeah. when I was doing it. And right. you know, I've got some areas that you can tell it's thinning out a little bit because it's just real compacted. Right. And that, you know, I expected that and, and it'll, it'll just, you know, it'll continue to go as we kind of get some more rain and stuff like that. Well, I had a French drain, and I saw this year that there was water flowing above it. Mm-hmm. So I think it compact the soil compacted, and it kind of made a little a little ditch, ditch there. And now, now it's all drying out because there's no water there. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a problem. Well, what do people do about it? I mean, if the soil is compacted, they're gonna it's yeah. gonna you know, and that's the thing. Once the soil gets dried out. 
you really can't go in there and just go, you know, flat in and say, I'm going to aerate my soil. Right. Uh, you, we're doing it while it's dry. is kind of like beating on concrete. It, it, right. You've got to be careful. You've got to have some moisture there. So watering appropriately. And what does that mean? You know, turf grasses need one inch of water per week. Right. During the growing season. We're in the growing season. We are. In fact, yeah, turf grass was actually a little slower this year. Uh, mm -hmm. it's just now starting to get up and start running and we had such a cool to... spring yeah yeah exactly those little cold front kickers that came through slowed sure. it down but uh you know they they need to, if they're going to try to do some aerating mm -hmm. get out there but you know put some water on it right and, and don't don't necessarily come the day after you've watered it but maybe a day you know wait a day sure that way it's still soft but soft enough to where you can put those plugs will get pulled right out well, now, this is the other thing. I, a lot of people, I've seen some people sodding their yards right now. Is now a good time to sod? You know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes, right. and I get that. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're dry and we're hot. Um, the good thing is the turf grass will grow, but you've going to have to pour the water to it. Mm -hmm. and, and it's going to take a lot more than an inch. Uh, right. Basically, you know, I'd hope that what they would do first is make sure the ground's watered well right. before they ever apply that sod to the top of the ground right and then also you know right after they apply that sod go ahead and water it and get it wet well what about cycle and soak to to wet that that that's a great method just depending on what kind of soil you have uh -huh. um you know if you have a sandier type soil it's going to go down and penetrate through there pretty good sure um, but if you have a real cl heavy clay or compacted, compacted soil, soil yeah it's going to take a little bit longer so mm -hmm. a cycle soak method right fact, i, I, I the, Conroe Courier is now doing my news columns again. Yes. And so, uh, in fact. Uh, That's great. I'm yeah, glad to hear I that. I know I am too. It's I, I had to rejuggle a few things in my schedule <laughs> to make it work again. But we're Between doing, two and three in the morning? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you got to get it done when you got to get it done. So, <laughs> um, I, But I did uh, two articles ago. I, I wrote about cycle soaking. Oh, know? okay. And, it, and it's, you know, it's a very easy process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially with a lot of the irrigation systems nowadays. Uh, some of them actually have it built in to where you can hit it and it does the cycle soak. So you and, do one cycle mm -hmm. and then run it again. That's right. And, and basically what that does, that applies that water, lets it soak down in there a little bit. Okay. And run its normal time. You know, right. you want to run it until or up until or right before you start to get runoff or puddling. Right. And then it cycles through the rest of the station. It comes back. And applies more water to the top of it, which helps it percolate down further. So the, the capillary action will pull it down into the yes, deep yes, into now, the soil. Yeah, and that's what we always kind of refer to that as subsoil moisture. Oh yeah, I've so heard you that know, deeper down in the column, you have better subsoil moisture to allow those roots to, to kind of live in. Hopefully. Well, what about trees and and shrubs and stuff like that? Yeah, should we water those? Too? In fact, um, uh, a lot of times we'll get questions on you know hey I'm I'm watering my grass but what about my trees? Mm -hmm. A lot of times you know some oak trees. They'll soak wa wa soak water up and take it away from the grass. Interesting, yeah. Okay, so you get a lot of moisture that gets sucked up by the tree. Um, the key is, and typically with any tree or shrub, is a good slow watering, mm -hmm. which a cycle soak is similar to that. Right. But with a slow watering using a soaker hose or drip hoses or just the hose itself, where you apply a apply the water to the soil right. in a slow fashion where it's just kind of oozing in and right. it will continue to do that. Um, there was a good old uh, video one time for the Texas Forest Service. They said, how do you know when your soil's wet? And they take a screwdriver and try to shove it in the ground, sure. you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. And the guy's like, no, yeah. it's not it's like working. like concrete, Give yeah. me the hammer, you know? Yeah. Um, but then they, they applied some water to that area, just did a slow drip out of the hose. Sure. And, I mean, that it went right in. And that's the whole thing is allowing that water to penetrate and slowly get down there to the root system. So people should put it out by the ring? By the uh, ring. which uh, and, and Where the drip, drip line uh -huh. is. I, I had been from South Texas. I had too many people have problems with pecan trees. Oh, yeah. And, and they, oh, the limbs are dying. The tree's dying. And I said, well, how are you watering it? You know, where do you water it? And I said, right at the base of the tree. Right. right. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's really helping the root system. But yeah, you gotta water out beyond the drip line, and the, you have the canopy that's up there, and the drip line is right beyond that canopy. Right. And so that's where the main root systems that gather water right there in that area. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, three feet in, three, you know, six feet out. And right. in fact, a lot of times people don't realize that that root system can extend way beyond that drip line. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, 
then that's I say go palms. I dug one up though one time that was four foot long and it had it had a runner for a root system was about twenty feet long. That long on a on a sago. Mm-hmm. Yep, wow. and it was still about you know a quarter size at the end of that twenty five feet. So, wow. And that they're very drought tolerant. Kind of a neat plant. Well, you know, I, I know a lot of people had problems with sago palms yes. during the freeze. Yes. And I uh, saw a lot of sago palms lost. Yes. Well, in in fact, probably some of the things that have occurred. You have several different stages of things that occur with that freezing. Mm-hmm. You have the modeling brown and dark green effect. Right, right. You know, after after a freeze, I've seen that. So yeah. you lose some of the leaves. You know, some of the leaves on the on the on the 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 the, the leaf the Stalk. actual frost yeah. stalks, and then you'll have green everywhere else. I've kind of told people, you know, if you just if you can't stand it, just cut those little pieces out. You know, right, and that way you can see green. Um, but what I've seen is it where they were frozen for a longer period of time mm-hmm. that they just turn tan all the way down. Yeah. And, and so what happens, the first thing everybody wants to do is cut everything off of it. Right. Cause it's unsightly. I've seen a lot of those. Yeah. I actually had a master gardener that painted theirs. Oh my God. <laughs> Shades of California. Like, okay. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like that one slide in my presentations with the turf with polka dots, right. <laughs> polka dots on the lawn. You know, yeah. sometimes we got to look at it a little differently. Right. But it was it was neat, I, you know. But you have them die like that. Well, they look like they're dead. Right. But right now you'll see different stages. You yeah. have some that are just starting to put some fronds up. You have some that are actually fruiting, like their their pollinization. They're, mm-hmm. they're the male yeah. versus the female. Right. And that you know that's something we can kind of go into more detail, I guess, after our break. Yeah. But um, you know, a lot of people have 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 kind of slowed the growth of their. They're they're cycads. I mean, they're not cycads. They're 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 in the gymnosperm. So, excuse me, not gymnosperm. They are in the same family as your pine. Okay. All right. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll be back after these messages. And you're listening to Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 on Star Community Radio. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Lone Star Community Radio. You're listening to the Extension Hour. I'm here with Mr. Bob Daly. Hi, Mike. Hello, sir. Good to have a nice, cool day inside. Inside and warm day out. That's right. Rather <laughs> be inside. And uh, we we're talking earlier a little bit about the drought symptom, symptoms of some of the plants that are showing right now, just because it's getting a little dry. And uh, we we're talking about sago palms. That's that's kind of a big one. Right. I've, a lot of people are asking about that. Yeah, we've had we've had a lot of phone calls in our phone room, and one of our master gardeners said she was tired of answering so many of them, so she decided to write a little, kind of like a little blurb about them and put it on our website. Um, so we've had to Great deal idea, with yeah, yeah good yeah. idea. In fact, we're gonna we're gonna be moving our our the master gardener website. We're gonna be changing over to a different system pretty soon. Where we oh, can really quickly add stuff rather. Oh, that's than a good idea. Yeah. It'll help us tremendously. It's a real informative website. People yes. should go there and look at it. Yes, sir. Aggie Horticulture is one of those good ones, too. There's a lot of information. Boy, that's a fantastic mm-hmm. site because it's so deep. Mm-hmm. And, in, and then you can go from there to Earthkind and all yep. kinds of other things. All kinds there. of other programs. Yeah. But we, were, we were talking about the, the sago palms. Right. And a lot of them right now are showing. I had one lady describe it as toes. Toes, and There's okay. these very light tan type you know, uh, cones that are coming from the, the, the palms, right. I mean, the, the cycads. And she was like, you know, what is that? And I said, well, it, it's a fruiting structure, right? you know, in a sense, it's pollen or it's going to be, it's either male or female. Male or female. Yeah. Okay. And the male shoots up a nice big old pollen tube. And, and I've seen some that, you know, reach a foot and a half to two oh, feet wow. tall. Oh, wow. That's big. Yeah. But uh, right now I've got some in the neighborhood that I live in. They're probably about eight to 12 inches tall. Uh-huh. And it, one of them has three of them on it so it kind of looks like three toes i keep thinking about the toes thing that that lady said um but you know there's three of them coming up right and and so i said well how can you tell the difference between a male and a female right that's a good question the female is basically the center crown 
right, is a little globe. We almost like a basketball in a sense. Right. It'll be the same color as the the male's pollen tube, except it really doesn't extend upward. Mm-hmm. It's just a little globe in a sense. Sure. And it gets real feathery looking. And then what happens? Right. It gets pollinated. And when they pollinate, they'll produce seeds right at that that apex. And what'll happen is they'll open up. And when they open up, you'll see all the sago palm seeds on the inside. Uh, now, there's another thing, too. Uh, sago palms, they are right. poisonous. They are poisonous, mm-hmm. yeah. To animals, pets, things like that. Children. and <laughs> Yep, children, exactly. Children shouldn't so, eat the sagos. Yep, right. just, yeah, just like oleanders and some of those other plants right. that some people are allergic right. to and stuff. But, they're, you know, they are a very desirable, you know, they give a desirable look in some lands. They're very beautiful, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can, they're, they can tend to be evergreen, but... I think the temperature is about 15 degrees is what they can withstand. Right. But not without a little bit of injury. And yeah. this year we got down there pretty good for pretty a long good for a long time. Yeah. It was so long. you had complete chaos of nice brown, you know, uh, leaf so, material. So what pollinates them? Are there bees or? Yeah. Well, it's wind. Wind. Wind okay. primarily. Uh, you'll have, uh, of course, that male stalk will come up and then mm-hmm. the wind will just carry the, it's like a pine tree. It, okay. it really is. I mean, right. it, it's, and they're in the same family. So they'll actually carry the pollen to the female and they pollinate it. Um, we used to, once a year, we used to go down to the bayfront of Corpus Christi and hit the hotels because they had a whole bunch of them. Right. And we, yeah. we would go hit the ma- the females and we'd pick all the seeds out of them because that's how we'd propagate them. And, and are they easy to propagate? Yeah, those well, once you get the seed, that's easy. <laughs> so do they have, they have to ripen or you can just take them right out you of the plant? You can take them right out, plant them. You plant them about four inches deep. So what I've seen those things they call pups coming yes. out of the side. A lot of people use those. You can just break that off and mm-hmm. and plant it. Yes, yeah. A lot of people use the pups. Sometimes they'll they're hard to get off. Uh, we you know, have to take a shovel and kind of shear them off and then right. put them down. But eventually, yeah, they'll grow and be another plant. And you know, if that's what you like, so be it. What about what about damage to those uh, insect damage and stuff like that? Do they have are they susceptible to some of those? You, n- not up here. Um, down in Corpus area, they had a problem that that came in. Uh, it came in on a a, a very big box chain. Okay. Uh, had a big load of them come in out of Florida. We developed what they call Asian cycad scale. We developed a very healthy population of Asian cycad. <laughs> a healthy population. Yep. It, in fact, uh, it took a while. Uh, once they noticed it, they they got on top of it. Mm-hmm. The problem was they'd already sold a bunch of them. Right. And the thing with this insect is it has a crawling stage, and it's because it's a scale, but right. it has a crawling stage, and, and the crawlers actually get down on the root system. So when they go dormant and it gets you know cold, they go down to the root system and they stay on the root system. So there's nothing you can do to, to get rid of them because they're down below the ground. Right. And you can, you know, you can use drenches. We we actually did an injection, a side injection, where we took a, a, a casing from like a seven, like a like a deer rifle casing that right. uh-huh. was empty, and they put a wax little coating on the back side of it, so you could actually fill that shell up. Oh, okay. They, they drill a hole, put it up in the side in, in that 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 sago, and they inject like a metoclopril, which is one of the active ingredients in some of the systemics. Right. They would inject it in there and. You know, it would kill some. Problem was, it wouldn't get everything. Right, and they multiply and pretty they fast. They multiply pretty fast. Yeah. So we actually saw, you know, four and five foot sago palms just decimated. They'd uh. be almost solid white, and they would kind of like they look right now. Right. Some of the ones that are all tan. Yeah. That's what would happen. They'd actually crater. Yuck. Yes. And we so we lost a lot of them. And thank goodness we haven't had that issue up here. Yeah. I think it just gets a little too cold for them, possibly. But that's good. They are, or they just haven't been mobile enough to get here, which is good. Well, they <laughs> probably crawl real slow. Yeah, so they do. <laughs> it's a but, long way from here. To yeah, work. it is. But yeah, there's Corpus. there's a couple. Yeah, it's it's down there. It's it's not been identified up here. So right. That's the main good. thing is is that what people should have done after mm-hmm. the freeze is not trimmed everything off. Let them. Just let that material stay there right. until it starts to show signs or at least has its first shoot of leaves come out. So in the cases that I'm seeing right now, they have already removed all the leaves. Right. And so now you're seeing the, the male pollen structure or the female structure appear. And it's right. not it's not till after those are done that they should have new shoots that pop out. And those shoots come out of the crown as well. Yes, they do. 
And I've actually seen some that have created secondary meristems in a sense and started to come off the sides because the top's dead. Really? Yeah. Well, will they do that? Yeah. They, they will do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that that can be a little bit of a problem. So yeah. if you've ever been pricked by the ends of those things, they oh, can yeah. make you itch a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when they get too massive like that, that's not too fun. Yeah. Well, my neighbor has a palm mm-hmm. that uh, he had some damage from, just mm-hmm. a regular palm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he I know he cut all the leaves up to the top. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. He made it a carrot? He made it a carrot. Yeah, yeah it looks just a, like a carrot. That's a bad thing. Bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had um, some, we had two people out of Florida that came to a, a tree conference that I put used to put on down in South Texas. Uh-huh. And they were the two most renowned palm specialists out of Florida. Yeah. And they came down and they were, they were showing us, you know, how to and how not to do things. Right. And it was really interesting. It, this is the deal, especially on coastal counties or areas that might get a little cold. Uh-huh. The palm trees need to have a skirt to keep them warm. Ah, okay. That's the way they described yeah. it. Right. If you have the skirting on there, it'll keep them warm. They'll be able to have retain some. Well, that makes sense. And they won't have any problems. Right. And we, tend to want a more uniform look. So we cut things up in that, you know, one to two position certain times of the year when we just need to let them fall naturally. Right. And here's the reason why. Palm trees actually take and suck nutrients from the fronds as they go fall down the tree. Okay. And not until they fall off is that palm tree done with that frond. Really? Okay, that's really interesting because... You know, I see people all the time. They'll cut those dead fronds off yep. or what looks like they're dead fronds, mm-hmm. but they're still... They're still pulling nutrients from them. And when that palm tree is done with it, right. it actually naturally shed itself. Really? Okay. So... A lot of people don't know that. That's right. Yeah. And, and that was one of the things that, you know, I mean, I've got two of the best research scientists and, right. you know, sitting there telling know what me they're this. Doing. And I was like, yeah, I mean, they know what they're doing. And they would show you, you know, a healthy palm versus a not healthy palm. Right. And the amount of fronds is almost double from a healthy to a non Really? Yeah. It's, that's it's, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And they're much more full globular, you know, just like a globe. They look right. so much more healthy. So, But up here, um, I, my predecessor, Tom Leroy, when I called him one time, I said, hey, you ever heard of this thing on palms? And he goes, palms? We don't plant palms <laughs> up here. <laughs> And you don't see many. Uh, you don't see many. You know, I, I, you know, some people plant them, and I guess they look nice. But, yeah. uh, you know, they're susceptible to cold weather. That's so. correct. That's you correct. Know. And then also root rot issues, especially with this much rain up here. You can have yeah. some of those issues. We had a couple of palms. I, I was doing some work with the uh, Special Angels of the Woodlands, which mm-hmm. is uh, a place for mentally handicapped uh, adults. And uh, they had two palms out there, and I was doing some landscaping for them, and I mm-hmm. said, you know, cut those palms down. You know, they're going to fall on some one one of these people out here and kill somebody. You know, so and they were right up against cement. We cut them down. Mm, so. Yeah, yeah, they can they can cause a little bit of a problem. You just submitted a, a little article here. Yeah, just last week, a good little article. I, I well, thank it was you. great to read. Thank you, thank you. It's about herbs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, people evidently are becoming more and more interested with herbs. Uh, and there are certain herbs now that you can plant. Uh, it's a good time to plant herbs. There, most of the herbs that we know and use are from the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. So we have a similar climate. The soil's not the same, but we have a similar climate to the Mediterranean. And some of these herbs do really well here. Which, uh, which ones are some of the ones that well, are really? Well, let's see. Uh, anise mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, basil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catnip, if you like, if you have cats, it's a great <laughs> time to plant catnip. Uh-huh. Uh, dill, chicory is good. Fennel, I have some fennel growing. We don't eat fennel, but I use it for the butterflies. butterflies. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Lavender does not do real well here, but farther north uh, and uh, and uh, central Texas, it does pretty well. Drier, it's conditions. drier over there. Yeah. yeah, humidity can be a problem. R- right, there's a big a big lavender farm near Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. And there's another one north of Field Store up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been to that one, but I hear oregano grows really well here. Mm-hmm. One of the things with oregano, I've planted oregano down below all my roses. And it kind of makes a nice base for those roses because it helps hold that water in. Mm. And then the roses don't, you know, have, they have enough water, but their feet don't stay wet. Oh, cool. 
sage, and mm-hmm. a sage is great. Rosemary, mm-hmm. rosemary does oh, yeah. extremely well here. Okay, rosemary, yeah, that's a good one. I, that's a good landscape plant, even. Uh, it is. Yeah, you know, I've seen some really nice landscapes with mm-hmm. this big kind of almost a hedge of right. of rosemary and they got the trailing types that are exactly. Kind of, yeah, those are good too. They add a different little appearance to the. Now, I, you know, here's the other thing. You know, I see people. They go, oh, I want to plant some some uh, cor- uh, cilantro. Cilantro is kind of a winter, mm-hmm. it's a cold weather herb, as is parsley. And so people really shouldn't be planting cilantro. I plant cilantro in the, in the early spring, or actually I plant it in the fall. And then in, now I'm collecting the seeds. I've just put bags over the things and let the seeds fall <laughs> off. And then I'm going to take replenish. them in, replenish the seeds. Mm-hmm. Now those, the ones I just mentioned are full sun. Yeah. Uh, there are some that like like shade. Mm-hmm. And you could plant them in, in, a, in a bee balm, for instance, Bernarda. Love shade. Uh, chives can do well in shade. Mm-hmm. Echinacea, which is a, a cone flower. Lemon balm, lemon verbena, mm-hmm. marjoram, mint. Mm-hmm. I've got some mint planted in partial shade, and it's doing extraordinarily well. Uh, tansy. I love tansy. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it does all right here. Not real good. But... Uh, I have some planted in the shade, and it it's doing fairly doing well. Right. Yeah, good. So now, that's the one the mint that was always one that somebody, somebody always told me don't plant it. D- you can or, plant it, but plant it in a pot because yeah, keep because it contained. keep it contained because it'll go everywhere. <laughs> you know, somebody planted one planted some in the community garden up in uh, in Conroe. Uh, excuse me, in in the woodlands, and it's everywhere now. I mean, people are having a lot of trouble. So, all right, well. We're sitting here talking with Mr. Bob Daly and uh, enjoying some of the interesting facts about herbs and talking about some of the, the problems with the drought and everything else. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio. We hope you join us here in the Extension Hour here in just a few more minutes after these messages. Listen to 104.5 and 106.1 Conroe's Community Radio. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Welcome back to the Extension Hour. My name is Michael Potter. I'm the horticulture agent here with Montgomery County. Talking with Mr. Bob Daly as usual. I like the regulars. I like it. I like I, it too. I like what we do here. This is always fun and it's always good to get out and talk to coworkers and also not only a coworker in a sense, you're also a volunteer with the Master Gardeners as well. I am, yeah. He, he serves double duty. This man is busy all the time. And it's, it's, it's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it. This is, I, you know, that's the thing about being retired. I'm, I'm busier now than I ever was before. So it's wonderful. I hope that's not things to come for me. Uh, <laughs> I'll bet it will be. I bet it will be, too. <laughs> We've been talking a little bit about herbs and uh, some of the drought conditions that are kind of creeping up on us. Uh, talking a little bit about sago palms. And also, we, we're going over a list of landscape plants uh, that are also real drought Tolerant. Drought tolerant. Yeah, some of those which you have in your lawn. I do. Or your yeah. landscape. Yeah, I do. Uh, I have uh, I have a fire bush, which is really good. Mm-hmm. I I had a golden uh, gold star. I have Speranza, but the, the freeze killed the freeze it. Got it. So I've got yeah. I'm pulling some more in now. I've got an oak leaf hibiscus mm-hmm. that I just planted, and it's I think it's going to do really well. Mm. I'm hoping that it does really well. Lantana. Oh yeah. I've got lantana all over my yard. Different colors. Shade and, I mean, some yes. shade areas and some full sun. Exactly. I've got the, the old te- the Texas uh, lantana, the mm-hmm. ham and eggs, and then I have some Dallas red, and I have some yellow and white and lavender. It's just really pretty, and it's a great accent plant to have in your garden. I really like it. Uh, I don't like petunias that much, but a lot of people do, and it's a good hot weather plant. Yeah, they plant them all over. Oh, yeah, they're kind of an annual. They plant them right there in the, exactly. our neighborhood all the time. Exactly. The color, so, yeah. Exactly. Uh, verbena. Mm-hmm. Oh. Desert verbena. I'll tell you what. I have some really beautiful desert verbena. It, mm-hmm. You give it a little bit of water, and it just blossoms. I've got one, the Civil War verbena. Oh, really? I use that in the shade. 
Yeah. It does wonderful. Really? I'll mm-hmm. have to get some of that. I'll have to try that. That's a good one. The uh, white. Menarda. I've got some bee balm that's really nice, hmm. uh, the Menarda. And uh, mine's purple, but they have different colors of, of bee balm. And it's, mm-hmm. it does well in the sun and, and in partial shade. Mm-hmm. Mexican hat, Gallardia. Yep. Those are all hot weather plants. Black-eyed Susans. Mm-hmm. God, I got them everywhere. Oh. Everywhere. <laughs> and then I got some of the giant uh, heart oh. herda. Uh, Black eyed Susans, they're really yeah, nice. Yeah, they're, they're, they're big. Big flowers, yep. yeah. Porterweed, I love porterweed, man. It's a really good plant. And milkweed, milkweed does well in mm-hmm. the heat, too. And of course, it attracts uh, monarch butterflies, mm-hmm. which, you know, they lay their eggs on there for, for, uh, uh, for the, their caterpillars. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way. But I really like salvias for hot weather. Yes. You, you were talking, we were talking about that earlier. Yes. There's quite a few of them that are really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, blue mealy sage. I've, in fact, I planted some of that finally this year. Um, got some of it. The uh, indigo spires or mystic spires. Yeah. That was one of the first earth kind plants I remember. Really? I, I didn't even know it was on yeah, earth kind. They, yeah. They, they missed uh, in, it's a indigo spires. In fact, we had a big test bed of it and. Uh, they said, oh, you know, it's only going to get about, you know, oh, a foot and a half, two feet wide and this tall. Right. Boy, it took up the whole end of the bed, which was six foot wide. And I mean. Right. Yeah. And they were really Isn't dry. it amazing how they. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're just beautiful colors. They, they keep their color. They, yep. They're just good, healthy plants. I love salvia. Yep. Mexican bush sage. I oh, mean, some of these just. It's really know, they're pretty. Great. Yeah. We've got, you know, there's a lot of stuff, too. If, if You know, if the public would like to come out and see some of these plants. We have them out at the extension office. You know, Mike, I was talking about herbs earlier. Mm-hmm. There is a beautiful oh. herb garden in at extension, and people should actually go out and see that yes. herb garden. It's just, it's really imaginative. Yes. And it's uh, it's really pleasing to the eye, mm-hmm. and you go in there, and you can, great, great aromas in there. But I, I just like the way the, the, the master gardeners designed that yes. thing. It's just really pretty. And that that actually led to the design of some of the other places, so we can start to flow and make I, a little. I saw that. Kind. Yeah, it yeah. Just flows into earth kind. Flows too. right into the earth mm-hmm. kind garden, and people want to see that. Mm-hmm. That's something to see too. Yep. You have a special plan for that, don't you? You have a. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In fact, we have a. In fact, right behind the uh, the herb area. Right. Okay, and it's right right on the north side of that. We dedicated that area. We're going to do some actual shrubs, some oh, really? uh, some perennial shrubs. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna start looking at them and try to evaluate them, see how good they really are. Oh, what a great idea! And, yeah. and Earth kind is kind of cool. Um, they had some of the original studies and everything been done up in McKinney and in Collin County and up in that area. And basically, what Earth kind is is you amend the soil with a good compost, about six inches. You till it up. You get it in there. You plant your plants, you put six inches of mulch over it, and you can only water to establish it. Once so it's established, no more water after that. Once it's established, you only water one time a year. That's it. Really? And once it's established, you turn the water off, you let it go. And about when the hottest months, you know, June, July, you give it a big, one big watering. Right. Cycle soak or just slow watering, let it go. Well, I was out there last weekend, and it, and it was just beautiful, that whole earth kind. I think people don't realize that earth kind has a list of plants mm-hmm. that do well here in Montgomery County, right. even in drought times. Right. A lot of those are native plants. And a lot of them are yep. native, yeah. Plants that attract birds and butterflies. Yep. Yeah, and they're just, they're your iron-clad plants. They're just, you know. That's they're, right. They're, they they're the go-to. Yeah, they don't, they, don't have, they don't have a lot of disease issues. They don't have a lot of insect issues. They don't take a lot of maintenance. And that's and the, the whole thing. And they're beautiful plants. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. We've, Great flowers. Uh, yes. Just really pretty. We, uh, we, uh, I was my person that's in charge of that area. We were talking about all the nut sedge that's in the, uh, right. it, it was an actual herb trial that we did. We were testing right. rosemary out there to see if we can get some for a designation of earth kind. Right. And so once that project finished, it was a three-year project. We decided that we're going to do something else with it. But in the meantime, it kind of got away from us because, you know, went out of town. We had some things just kind of get in the sure. way, and we had to switch gears. And now we're going to do a trial on nutsedge. <laughs> <laughs> That's Everybody's a good favorite. idea. Yeah. I said, I tell you what, we got there's several different products that are out there right now. Let's go get a couple of them, and we're going to leave one of them untreated, and we're going to try out these other ones, and let's see what happens. Well, I want to see what happens because yep. that's the most horrible thing, and I can't get rid of it. Yep. Oh, and we've got a lot of it out there. 
Uh, it's just over the years, it's just, you know, more and more. Timing is very important with a lot of those weeds. Right. And if you hit it at the right time, then you can control them. Quite so the right well. time is before they flower? Uh, or typically, and uh, one of the products uh-huh. is three to five leaf stage. So very early okay. in the season. Yeah. If you hit it in three to five leaf stage, then it has very good control. Is that uh, things like a sedge hammer? Yeah, I know. Sedge hammer is one of those. There's an ortho uh, nuts, uh, nut sedge, nut kill, uh, yeah, nut sedge killer. There's, um, I think of the other ones, ortho, the green, I think green light makes one, bear, I think makes one, but there's, right. there's a couple of different ones that are out there. Right. Um, and then, you know, we, we talked about using though the horticultural vinegar type thing, but we know what that's going to do. It's just going to burn the top and it, it's going to, that's right. all it does. I've tried that out at the community garden and it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it burned the top, but they were back up again, well, you know, and we were, we were even talking about, you know, plants and how they react in different times of the season uh-huh. and our thought maybe, or my thought maybe, the way plants respond is that before they go dormant, they store everything in their root systems. Yeah. Which one of those places would be the nutlet. Right. That's, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So a fall application might be, might warrant getting that product down in there and helpfully, you know, maybe. Oh, you know. yeah. So we're going to do some different stuff and kind of some theories. Test oh, I'm looking theories. forward to that because oh, boy, yeah. it's a real problem. <laughs> and, and the nutsedge we, we have problems with, is that a, is that a, a, a native plant or has that been imported? No, you know, it, it, it that nutsedge comes from, uh, oh goodness. I, I looked that up at one point in time. Can't recall it this it's time. A, I was just but wondering. yeah, it, it's, you know, it's a weed. Yep, I always say, weed. I always say that if we could at least make it like turf grass like, Oh, that would be nice because it'd be Since easy it to grow. Away. That's right. It'd be real easy to grow. Well, and there's one that actually is probably the best suited for it. It's one called Kalinga. Kalinga. It is okay. a very small nut sedge. Yeah. And it's really feathery and, and has oh, really nice. a soft. I, I, if we could get it thick enough and keep it in one spot, it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> we get over in the neighbor's yard and he'll be upset. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, typical battles. But, yeah, we've. We decided we'd do that since we're kind of behind the ball curve for planting and trying to establish anything at this point. I said, you know, this would be a great time to kind of evaluate yeah. some of these different, or just at least provide a demonstration to say, you know, this product is exceptionally good on this control, but, you know, it's not going to do it when this plant is this tall or right. this big and, you know, different things like that. Look at it from a little bit more fine-tuned perspective. And, and we're doing it on bare ground. Uh, we're not Which is it. where it grows best, yeah. yeah. Oh, but did you have you seen the the turf trial we have out there right now? I did, I did, and uh, I walked through there. That's a really nice. Uh, I didn't walk on the turf. Yeah. I walked I, around okay. the turf. So it's supposed to be walked on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing the results on that. That's yeah. that's going to be fantastic. Basically, you know, three different types of watering methods. You know, we've we're establishing it right now, so right. we are watering it quite a bit, trying to get the root system down. We have a subsurface irrigation. I saw that up yeah. underneath, uh-huh. and then the middle, the middle plot going towards the north, is all right. regular irrigation like you'd have at home, right, with a sprinkler system. And then the very north end of that is none at all. So currently, I am watered. looking forward to that, to that whole thing. And it's all. It, let's see, you have some Bermuda and so, and that and, uh, that one is just zoysia. It's zoysia, em- emerald, okay. emerald, emerald zoysia, zoysia. Mm-hmm. and it's it's got nut sedge in it. What doesn't? Right? <laughs> what doesn't? Oh, it was, it was funny because it was fine. And then last week I was like, oh, no, here it comes. <laughs> Great. We got it now. So we're going to have to wait to treat for that and see how we, it turns out. And uh, I'm so, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I, I just, and, and of course, uh, we are getting a new parking lot on the north side of our building. On the north side, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. As well. Uh, in, in fact, when that road goes in, I'll be able to determine how much area I'll have for actual demonstrations on other turf grasses so we can at least highlight different Oh, types. good idea. Yeah. Is the parking lot going to go north of the, I mean, uh, that would be? Yeah, on the north side of the vegetable gardens. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, okay. Sir. All right. Yeah, it'll be 144 parking spaces is what I'm seeing. God, we so need far. it. We need it yep. over there. Uh, six handicap spaces. Will, will that fence on that north side will come down? Right. And, uh, in fact, uh in fact, yesterday I was out running the tractor trying to get our bee area right, yeah, out, leveled out for them so they could work their bees in a, in a little bit different area. So, yeah, we're things are moving and going and trying I, to show the public. Uh, when we were out there Friday looking at the garden, one guy said to me, you have bees out here? <laughs> and 
said, yeah, we have bees. We have beekeepers. <laughs> yep, and we have fish over in the other little area. <laughs> I showed him the fish, and he was just astounded at that. Yeah, on the uh, on the aquaponics thing, it's great. Yep. So, yeah, it, we've got a lot of stuff going on out there all the time. It's hard to keep up with a lot of it, um, but, yeah, it, it's it's great. It's a great it, People great really, People really need to go out there and yep. see that. Yep. It's and a fantastic. We'll have another one of those open garden events here coming in. Uh, in the fall. Oh, so, great. Okay. So, uh, you're listening to Lone Star Community Radio, John Rose 104.5 and 106.1. Here with Mr. Bob Daly, enjoying the day and talking a little bit about gardening. Hopefully we can educate you and have you get some things done in your yard that'll that'll be long-term. Sounds thank, good. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be right back. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. All righty, welcome back, folks. I'm here with Bob Daly. Mike. Hello, sir. I'm Michael Potter. I'm the horticulture agent here in Montgomery County. We've been talking a little bit about drought. We've been talking about drought-tolerant plants. Right. Plants to grow in a drought, herbs. Herbs, all kinds of things. Yeah, we got all kinds of stuff talking about our extension office and, and some of the things that we have to offer out there. We've, we've got some classes coming up. In fact, gardening class, uh, butterflies in our gardens. On, uh, I might have to put my glasses on. It, it, this is embarrassing here. Uh, June 9th from 8 to 10 in the morning. And then also from 1030 to 1230, we'll have a second class called Bees for Our Gardens. And uh, so we'll be talking a lot about, you know, gardening, gardens for them. Right. I was, I was just talking earlier. We were just talking earlier about bees. And, you know, people don't know that we have, we keep bees over there at yeah. the, at the uh, extension. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's fantastic that we have those bees because they can do pollination all right. over the garden. Exactly. In fact, uh, we're going to. We're going to move more towards a, an educational role with those. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to have an open hive where you can see those. Oh, that'll we're be just kind of, we're, We keep building. We keep right. building. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna we're gonna have a big open area, an area where you can actually see the hives in action and stuff like that too. Now you're basically. also testing. We're also testing vegetables. Yes, they're different varieties. Yes, uh, we have a couple of different things going on. Uh, squash trials. Everybody always has the. Squash vine bore issue. Right. Uh, we've looked at in the past of, you know, using different chemical treatments and the right. non-chemical. Right. One of the ones that really kind of did well for us was mylar, the, like the reflective silver mylar. I saw that out there. And that, you know. It's used as a mulch. So. You lay it down and you plant your plants in it. Right. And the reflection evidently just, you know, it keeps them off of it. Keeps the, the, moth, uh, the moth off of yeah. it. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not necessarily a hundred percent effective, mm-hmm. but it does keep them off for a longer period of time. So you can actually get your production. So, and then if they come in after that, then it's really not much of a problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much, t- you know, towards the middle or towards the end of the season when that does occur, sure. uh, but at least it's not bright and early in the season where you don't get any fruit. Out right. And I've, labor. I know we've been having a lot of problem with squash. Yep. yep. We've also got some tomato trials. What are they? Uh, we've got a couple of different things going on, actually. We've got some variety testing that we're looking at, a couple of different varieties. We've got your traditional celebrity right. that we're comparing to Dixie Red and right. also another one called Valley Cat. And then there's a fourth one that even the person that, that's in charge of the area went, I don't remember what the name of that one was. <laughs> <laughs> but it, they all look good. Um, and with that, too, we've got a little fertilizer-type trial. Uh-huh. Uh, Dr. Bill Adams had this method of, putting like a one gallon pot close to the plant right and burying it down to you know where about only an inch is you know sticking out of the ground right empty pot with some holes in the bottom you take your ammonium sulfate your 2100 fertilizer you throw it in the pot and you fill that pot up with water right and you do that like three times and 
and that helps that nutrient get down and get into the root system and, and boost that plant up. So the uh, uh, the ammonium sulfate, uh, do you put that in uh, regularly or just one time? Uh, it, they actually do it every, I think they're doing it every other week, just a small okay, amount. It's like yeah. a tablespoon. It's really not That's a That's what thing. I use yeah. on mine, yeah. And it's put just, you know, give it that green growth and, right. and really boost it. Um, and, and towards the end of the season, you kind of got to wean off of it because Mm-hmm. You put too much nitrogen, you get nothing but green growth. Right, so, and then few but, few tomatoes. Yeah, and a few tomatoes in the only. So uh, we got that going on, and then uh, let's see. There's just all kinds of other things. We've got, uh, I think, some. We'll get the squash going out there. We've got that. We've got uh, strawberries growing around. I saw the strawberries. Yeah, they. Look, I almost picked some. They look good. We had a, a school from Bear Branch come out yeah. yesterday. And uh, there was about 13 kids. And, Is that Mary Decker's group? Yes, Mary Decker's group. They walked around, and they got to eat fresh strawberries out of the garden. Oh, my God. This and I have to say this. They're pretty darn good. Uh, they look good. I had some that were bought from the store today in one of my meetings. Right. And uh, after about the third one, I went, I think I'm going to go out in the garden and pick a few. Yeah, because those didn't probably <laughs> had no taste at nope, all. They, they weren't were. as sweet and pretty as the ones that were in our garden. We've got um, We've got trials with fruit trees. I saw the fruit trees out there. What are we What are we uh, doing out there? We've got we we've got a regular, let's say your Jim Bob gardener. Okay. You go out and you stick a tree out and you just leave it out there and let it do what it wants to do. Right. Uh, we have that area. Okay. <laughs> and then we have your A and M recommended type deal where you right. tr- you trim the trees, you thin the fruit out like you're supposed to. Right, and it was make real- the trees kind of yep. umbrella shaped so you can reach and yeah, and they get keep them low, and then also uh-huh. you know keep them you know where they're the kind of bowl, especially right. with your peach trees, where you can fit a ball like in the middle of them. That way you have good airflow. Right. Uh, okay. But the peach trees are really neat because we have one of them that mm-hmm. in the non-traditional just throw it out there and let it grow. Right. Actually broke its center completely out of it. Really. So the tree is producing so well That's- and so heavy that it just broke the center out of. That is totally amazing that, yeah. that it's got that much And production. that's that new uh, Techstar, that, that Techstar peach from Okay. A&M. All right. It's Someone was asking me about that, if there were any peaches that did well here. Oh. And I said, I know A&M's doing some development yes. on that. So. Well, Mid-Pride's one that does quite well. Mid-Pride. And then this Techstar, I mean, it is blatant that it's the best producer out of all of them. And they're pretty, you know, red on the outside. Oh, peach. nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. I, we're, I'm I'm licking my chops right from yeah. be ready. So. Just so that would be tasty. <laughs> uh, you you mentioned something earlier about diatomaceous earth. Yes. Oh, that's the other trial. Yeah, we've yeah. got uh, got a gentleman that brought in some diatomaceous earth. It's from India, uh-huh. and and it's not your regular diatomaceous earth. It has right. a lot of micronutrients in it. Right. And that, are, that they don't find anywhere else, and they're putting it in the soil, kind of tilling it in with the soil. Right. And we we did a little flower study this last year where we mm-hmm. seeded some zinnias. Right. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot more growth to them and they were much faster out of the ground. And it was very evident that there was some, some, you know, definitely from the nutrients, some right. benefit to it. So they got like molybdenum and yeah, iron and all this stuff, those things. That, right. Right. And, and so uh, we were trying that on some tomatoes and it, it seems that I mean, at the beginning, it looked like that the ones treated with diatomaceous earth were going to be much better. Right. But now the other ones are just kind of keeping up a little bit. So, we're we're kind of waiting to see what the how it weighs out. Right, and literally. see what the production is going to be <laughs> right. on, on the final production. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. So yeah, a lot of cool little things going I'm, on. I'm yeah. All the rainwater harvesting we have at the office. You know that Friday ev- event that that uh, was held over there was fantastic. I mean, yeah. uh, the uh, uh, a lot of people I think learned some stuff, and, yes. uh, and I hope we have more of those. Yes, yeah. It's it's a you know, rainwater harvesting. It's a good way to kind of help in drought situations. Yeah, you know. And, and, and I also think we have some pretty good people in the Master Gardeners who who really know what they're doing. Yes, they do. They do. They they truly do. And they're always willing to experiment, try new things, and, right. and change it up a little bit just to see if it'll work. And the other thing is they're always willing to go and give talks or yep. make presentations. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, That's right. I think it's a great thing. Yep. Yeah. Good educational opportunity. Right. I agree. So, you know, with, with droughts being the way they are sometimes and... And uh, this one coming up on us, possibly, you know, we, we can't tell. We can't predict can't it tell, sometimes, but, but we know, you know it's coming. We can save water and, and uh, do uh, 
do uh, uh, some nice uh, uh, rainwater harvesting. Mm -hmm. I know I have two little tanks, two 55-gallon tanks in my backyard. I use to for my garden and, mm -hmm. you know, for potted plants and stuff like that. I mean, it's great water. Yep. Uh, but I know people who've got, well, there's, what, nine nine large mass, uh, uh, rainwater harvesting tanks over at Extension, if people want to see those. Yep. All it's fantastic. Yeah. Different yeah. sizes, all the way 500, all the way up to 2,500, yeah, right? 2,500 gallons. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of water. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the plants over there are watered with rainwater. with that, with the rainwater. That's right. So, and that's good. That's great. And that's the way we are. And we're talking about even the plants and stuff that are, you know, drought tolerant. So sure, that's hopefully what people are starting to move towards. Well, even the earth kind garden, isn't that watered by uh, yep. uh, rainwater? Yes, sir. Uh, it's amazing that's that right. we can use that, that there's that much water, even during a dry period like that's, this. That's right. It's all so, about education. It's all about, about education. Saving. Well, thank you much for listening today. I've been here with Mr. Bob Daly. Thank Glad you, Mike. Have you as usual, and always good pleasure to be around. Same here. And uh, thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio in the Extension Hour. This is Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1. Thank you, and have a great day. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.